Hello, and welcome to Monday Night Football, your voice for youth soccer, not just for Louisiana, but for the entire Northern Gulf Coast. And now, introducing your host, Alan DeRitter. Let's go right to it, okay? I'm going to start with the girls' Division Four. All right? Um, girls' Division Four, we could call the upset division, okay, uh, uh, by far. But there was no upset on the top of the bracket, okay? Loyola Prep wound up 8-1 ruling Washita Christian, 8 nothing. I've seen that we'd have a little bit less of those 8-0 scores, and I appreciate all you coaches who've been listening to me. Uh, Washita Christian, again, uh, you had to win to get in. You girls, y'all feel proud of what you're doing, okay, and what you did this year. Now, St. Charles uh, uh, and Isidore Newman were the 8-9 uh, matchup, and so that's whoever wins that is really not an upset, but this time the 8C did win. Newman um, wound up beating St. Charles 6-1. to Now, this was an upset. We've been talking about the Sterlington girls and the Sterlington boys. Well, this is a bad week. Uh, but it was an it was a learning week for them though. Okay, North Lake Christian, who's got a ton of experience. They were the 12 seed. They went up to Sterlington and beat them five to two. Okay, uh, Pope John Paul II uh, wound up driving down to Homa to play Homa Christian, the four seed. Pope John Pope was a 13 seed, and uh, they wound up beating Homa Christian three to two. So that was an upset uh, of a much greater scale. Um, now. There was no upset with Louise Louise McGee. Uh, I think McGee is a team that you really got to watch out for. We said that last week, uh, and they showed it by beating Country Day three to one, a familiar opponent. Okay, and uh, I like to like have uh, have a little caveat about that. I was talking to Sean Moser last night at the St. Paul Stadium, and uh, we came up like I came up with this idea of praying the other day, and I like to know what y'all think about it. Um, the power rankings gets the politics out. I believe Jason Ortling's right about that. Uh, we used to rank these things, and coaches would call coaches and try to get, you know, so and so and so. You know, it was ridiculous. And so the power rankings got the politics out. But I still think that we should be like the NCAA and let the executive committee of the uh, Louisiana High School Soccer Coaches Association seed. Okay, the bracket once the, once the twenty top twenty four teams are put in, then kind of like uh, put it so that familiar opponents aren't playing familiar opponents. Okay, like McGee and Country Day, you know, let the North Louisiana teams play the South Louisiana teams. Okay, or at least make sure that um, you don't have a Jesuit playing a Brother Martin like we had this week. Okay, or a Mandeville playing St. Paul's. Put them on the other side of the bracket. It's just fun to do that, okay? Um, that That's my two cents. Uh, I think it's a pretty good idea, actually. I like, uh, uh, it's only a good idea, though, if y'all like it. So let me know what you think uh, in the comments below. I can read the comments now, after all. All right, now, the other upset, uh, and to me, this is an upset. The 11th seed, Ascension Episcopal, wound up beating Sacred Heart of New Orleans, and that was 2-1. to one. And Sacred Heart's got a lot, a lot of experience. And so congratulations, Ascension Episcopal. Now, Christ Episcopal wound up being upset by Catholic High of New Iberia, the 10th seed. Uh, Christ Episcopal was the 7th seed out of Covington. And uh, and then the 2 seed, um, uh, Episcopal School of Acadiana beat Episcopal. Okay, that's uh, 3 to nothing. So what we have is this. On Monday, now on our Monday show, we will... Um, Anyhow, on our Monday show, we are going to be able to go through all these results because we're going to go. We're going to try to move the show now to 9 p.m. Okay, and um, uh, every Monday night and every special broadcast night. So get used to that. I think 9 p.m. is uh, is a chance for all the coaches to get off the field so that way they can maybe put live comments on the screen. Okay, so look on Monday, you're going to have Loyola Prep, and they're going to be hosting Isidore Newman. They got a little blessed with the uh, LHSA rules. They don't have to go uh, on the road like some of our number one seeds have to do. Um, so that ought to be a very good game. Then you have 12 versus 13. Wow. Nobody could have picked that, I don't think. North Lake Christian is going to be hosting Pope John Paul II, two St. Tammany opponents. But, hey, at the quarter and semifinal rounds, 
uh, you know, you could deal with that a lot better, okay? And and really, after two playoff games, you become an even more adept team. So, so it's not going to be a rematch of what you just did a week or two ago. Anyhow, McGee is going to be playing Ascension Episcopal, the 11th seed, and that's going to be at Ascension Episcopal. Now, McGee's going to have to go, okay, and uh, on the road. I I like that as as a high school coach. You know, uh, I, I think a state champion should be able to prove that they can win a game on the road. Okay, that that that's my beef on it. Um, I know I'm kind of hypocritical. My first state championship, uh, we had five games in New Orleans, uh, of course. Uh, three of them were road games, but they were in New Orleans. So uh, I don't want to mean I don't want to sound like a hypocrite. All right, I, I do I do uh, like to uh, go on the road though um, a lot. I take it back. I said the first state championship was the second one. The first state championship we had to go to Barb, and that was a tough trip. And we had to go uh, beat Lafayette and Lafayette. So that that the first state championship we had to go on the road to win. Anyway, that's way back in the past in the dinosaur days, right? Okay. All right. Look, we got Catholic in New Iberia. Uh, the 10th seed hosting Episcopal School of Acadiana, two familiar opponents again. So uh, on Monday night, we'll be able to report who did what, who uh, won and who did not win. Girls, that was a very good job. Uh, and all the girls who lost, okay? Again, St. Charles, Sterlington, Homer Christian, uh, Country Day, Sacred Heart of New Orleans, Christ Episcopal, and Episcopal, congratulations on a good season. All right? Uh, now, in Division Three, girls, Vanderbilt Catholic uh, wound up winning uh, 8 nothing. Uh, Phillips Squad and uh, uh, I won't give you any grief over that. And uh, they want to be in St. Michael the Archangel, the 16th seed. Now, Erath, or Erat, like Mott folks say, uh, had to play North DeSoto, the 8-9 game. And the 9th seed, Erath, wound up winning. So that's sort of an upset. That was a 2-1 game. We've had a lot of really good games this week. Gone to the wire and go to overtime. And this must have been one of them. Now, uh, St. Louis had to play, the five seed had to play West Feliciana, and they 8 0 them. And, of course, uh, St. Louis is, uh, I don't know if they're really a five seed. Um, now, no no uh, upset here. Archbishop Hannon won up beating the 13 seed Cecilia. That's a four versus 13, five to nothing. Now, University Lab, uh, 5 0 at Haynes. Haynes was the 14 seed, University the three. Um, DeRitter wound up uh, um, playing Edie White in Thibodeau, and Edie White won two to zero. So that was a four-hour drive. Uh, that's a tough. That's a tough game. Uh, Holy Savior Bernard had to drive four hours to go play Cabrini in New. Uh, no, take it back. Cabrini had to go four hours to play Holy Savior Menard, and Menard won just one nothing. So uh, Cabrini girls, that's a really really good result. It uh, sounds like y'all have y'all act together, and y'all y'all are building for the future. It's nice to see y'all in the mix. Y'all are ten seed too. Um, Lusher Charter and Turlings Catholic. Lusher was the eighteen, Turlings the two, and Turlings eight zero of them. So. Not too many uh, upsets in Division Three, So you're going to have Vanderbilt Catholic playing Erath at Erath on Monday. Okay? Uh, I wonder if – or Erath. Okay? I wonder if anybody from home has ever been to Erath. All right? Let me tell you, all of you people who are watching statewide – New Orleans Mardi Gras is fun, but there's nothing like a Mardi Gras uh, uh, in that part of Louisiana, in the heart of Acadiana, especially if you move a little bit further on and uh, go north of Lafayette and go to like Mamou, okay, uh, there, there's some great times. Um, anyhow, uh, St. Louis um, is going to have to play at Archbishop Hannon, the four seed. The five is going to have to play at the four. I know that drives some of y'all nuts who are NFL fans, but I think for high school it's good. All right, the sixth seed, Edie White's going to have to go to Baton Rouge and play University Lab at LSU's campus. That's going to be something. Um, that's going to be at 6 o'clock p.m. on Monday. And then Holy Savior Menard is playing at Turlings Catholic, and we don't have a time or a date. It's either going to be Monday or Tuesday. Some teams are playing t uh, tomorrow, which might not be a bad idea for, for crowd size and uh, and just to not have your, your players sitting in a chair all day long, especially driving eight or nine hours, you know? All right, in Division Two, all right, St. Thomas More, 
The one seed beat Archbishop Chappelle, 8-0. All right. Um, ben Franklin, the nine seed, beat Cato Magnet, 4-0. Okay. Um, Central Lafouche, uh, uh, the Lady Trojans here uh, are rolling like we thought they were going to roll. They're the five seed, but they might be a lot better than that. Uh, they beat Terrebonne, uh, the cross Bayou rivals, uh, eight, six to zero. Okay, Lee Magnet had to go to Destrehan, and uh, and Destrehan wound up beating them six uh, one. Lee was a twenty. Destrehan is the four. Okay, Neville. Uh, wound up the third seed Neville wound up beating Benton one nothing. Two familiar opponents going to war. I'm sure that was fun to watch. Our only up well, we have two upsets now. We had uh, the six seed Sam Houston upset by Parkway the eleven seed, and that was a three to one game. And uh, and so I congratulate uh, Parkway for that for traveling and, and and getting that result. Washita Parish had to go to Live Oak. Uh, excuse me, Live Oak had to go to Washita Parish. My eyesight's going down. Anyhow, uh, Live Oak is strong. They're the 10th seed, and they beat the 7th seed 6-1. to one. And then finally, no surprise here, Lakeshore beat Ruston, the 2 seed beating the 15th seed 8-0. to zero. So one of the four quarterfinal games is in the books. Franklin then brought St. Thomas Moore. St. Thomas Moore came all the way from Lafayette. To Frank Ben Franklin Field, Falcon Field, which is a very difficult place to play, and they blanked the uh, Lady Falcons out four to nothing. So congratulations, St. Thomas More Lady Jags. Uh, on Monday, Central Lafouche is going to have to travel to Destrehan, so uh, uh, that's going to be a test of their metal. Okay, M E T T L E. Okay, uh, but anyhow, Destrehan's playing good soccer right now, and playing at Destrehan. It's going to be an amazing experience for these girls from Central Lafouche. It's going to be nice to be, but y'all, it's nice to play in front of a huge crowd. Okay. Um, now, Live Oak is going to host Lakeshore. So Lakeshore is going to have to drive. And look, that drive to Live Oak is not a simple, uh, simple um, <laughs> truck. Okay. And uh, I played there a couple weeks ago. And so Lakeshore might be rolling right now, but they're going to, their kids are going to have to be ready to play. Uh, having to go to school on Monday and travel all the way. Live Oak, you know, it's it's close to Denham Springs, but it's kind of away from Denham Springs. So you think you're there, you think you're there. 30 minutes later, you're not there yet. So the girls are going to have to get used to that, and um, and and uh, good luck with that, okay? Uh, now, uh, Division One for the girls. Let's let's end with the big the big girls, okay? How's that? C.E. Bird um, had to host Fountain Blue. Now, we talked about the South Shore and North Shore stuff. In Division One. it's a little different animal than the other divisions, y'all. That's one thing I, I relearned again watching Mandeville and St. Paul's last night. Okay, Division One. I've uh, coached Division One ball for, I don't know, 25 years. It, it's it's a different type of, of environment. And look, in all the other divisions, when you go 10 down, you kind of step in down a little bit when you're going 10 down in division one you still got a headache to play against a team that can upset you and fountain blue gave ce bird all they could handle bird winds up winning the game one to nothing though and uh congratulations to them and but fountain blue great season i mean after beating captain shreve and then um and then having to drive all the way up to shreveport just very very good okay all right now um, Mount Carmel uh, and North Shore. I would have loved to have been at that game. That's the 8-9 game. And Mount Carmel wound up uh, um, uh, ending their season. They had a good season this year. North Shore wound up beating them 6-1 at North Shore. Uh, I'm telling you, North Shore is uh, boys and girls. They're going to get noticed this year. Uh, they're both having very, very good years. So North Shore is going to move on. Now, Cadiana and Barb, two usually district opponents, although I never understood that when I was living in New Iberia, how a Lake Charles team could be in our district, but that's sometimes how it goes. Um, Acadiana wound up beating Barb one and nothing. Dutchtown, uh, upset. The 13 seed beat the 4 seed West Monroe three to one. And uh, uh, Dutchtown, of course, a lot of those girls probably either play at Baton Rouge or in Gonzales. And, uh, and, 
And uh, I would imagine uh, Western Monroe plays at Nelson. So you, you basically have two two teams that are well coached year round. But uh, uh, that must have been a whale of a game for a South Shore team. Y'all, I'm telling you, it's hard to go north and it's hard to go south. Okay, I don't think North North Louisiana teams get enough credit for coming down and winning as much as North South Louisiana teams go up and win. I was keeping track of a few teams on Facebook that were like, wow, we're in our fifth hour of traveling and we're just getting to our, our venue. And it's like, okay, that's that's how it's supposed to be. It's a state championship and they deserve the home game. Uh, so, you know, instead of whining and complaining about it, uh, in club ball, we just don't even deal with it. We just play in Alexandria uh, at Johnny Downs. All you real soccer, like the soccer people, year-round soccer people, you know what I'm talking about, okay? So anyhow, uh, Dust Town's going to advance. Mandeville powerhouse by Sean Esker uh, beat Saint Amant the 19 seed three to one. So Mandeville advances. Uh, Baton Rouge uh, had to go to Dominican and Coach Silvis's squad. Uh, I saw them go live after the game was over. Anyhow, Dominican won one to nothing. What a game! And uh, and that was at Pan Am. That's a perfect stadium for a game, uh, except for the turf. I like to see grass, but still, it's a perfect stadium for a game. Now, St. Joe's Academy, uh, the seventh seed, beat Lafayette uh, two to nothing, and uh, at home. So they probably played at Burbank. I, I would imagine. Uh, yeah, they did. So uh, so Lafayette is now out. And uh, Lafayette for a few years is been waiting to get back right back in the forefront and the finals or the semifinals. But uh, uh, this is a hard-fought game that St. Joe's wound up on top of. Now, St. Scholastica, uh, uh, being coached by one of my former captains, okay, Matt Jacquet. He's one of my favorites, of course. Um, they they beat Sulphur 3-0. to zero. Uh, They played them at the complex up there by the monastery. So this sets up on Monday. Excuse me. There's three games going to be on Monday and one game tomorrow. The the one seed is going to play the eight seed Bird in North Shore Monday. That's going to be in Shreveport. Acadiana is going to have to travel to Dutchtown. Uh, and that's going to be on Monday. That's at 5.30. By the way, the Bird game is at 5.30. Uh, Mandeville is going to host Dominican. Wow. Okay, that's going to be a really good one. Mandeville's a tough place to play, but at least it's a uh, regular turf. And um, that's going to be at 6 o'clock. Wish I could be there for that. And tomorrow, if, you, if you're if you off, St. Scholastica is going to host St. Joseph's Academy. I'm sure they're going to bring busloads of girls down there. And uh, uh, this is going to be played at Hunter Stadium, okay, which I, would, I was at last night. And, uh, look, the St. Scholastica girls – we're out in force cheering for the St. Paul's Wolves. I guarantee you these St. Paul's boys who don't play until Tuesday, they're going to pack the house. So um, St. Joe's is going to have a hard time, I think, dealing with the crowd. And, uh, and boy, I'll tell you what, last night the wind was a big deal on the field too. So so that's your Division One for the girls. Uh, and uh, before we go to the boys, I'd like to take a, a, a second just to remind you again to Lu Fu Su. Like us, okay? Uh, friend us and share us so that way we can get Facebook's full support, okay? They will only fully support us if we get 300 live views or um, or 2,000 likes or shares. So uh, if you got some family, you could do us a favor and uh, it'd be nice to get some of their technical support, and uh, and uh, you could help us with that by doing absolutely nothing but clicking a button. So uh, I beg you all to do that, uh, and now let's move on to the boys. Let's start with Division Four. Since last week we started with the higher divisions, let's start with the lower divisions. Now, Episcopal School of Acadiana got a little sting from the 17-seed Homa Christian, and uh, um that they wound up winning nine to one, so they eight, oh, they eight um, uh, goal ruled them, but still Homa got a goal in there. So well, well done, Homa Christian, uh, getting in there. And I tell you what, y'all have just started your program, relatively speaking, and you're definitely in the right direction. You should feel good about your season. Okay, uh, ESA. I've talked too much about them. I get too much criticism that I'm that I'm getting paid off by them. I'm not. I don't know anybody in that program. I just know when I watch them play, uh, it's just a beautiful thing. I'm thinking about making my uh, 
my Dulles Out players have to go to the D4C championship if they're in there and um, and just watch. Okay? All right. Metairie Park Country Day, uh, 24 seed. They had the upset last week. I think it's because the way they scheduled their last uh, end-of-the-year games. I watched them play Rummel, like I said last week, and they look really strong against Rummel, a Division I school. And um, But they ran into the 8 seed, St. Thomas Aquinas, okay? And St. Thomas Aquinas hosted the game, and that's a really hard place to play. And uh, St. Thomas Aquinas wound up winning 5-2. to two. At least Country Day made some noise. Very good season, guys. North Lake Christian played a Ascension uh, Christian, uh, the 12 seed, and uh, North Lake Christian, Nick Chetta. I mean, they're just used to the playoffs. They're comfortable in the playoffs, and and that's when you your program has arrived. When your kids feel the normal pregame nerves, they don't feel the pregame like stress coming upon them. And uh, uh, if you're an established program. That's what winds up happening, and it gives you a kind of an edge to the teams that are coming up and are new to the playoffs, because that pressure is something I can't even I can't describe on the screen. I think it's the reason why so many club players tell their clubs, "Look, you told me not to play high school ball, but I'm playing high school ball." I like dealing with that kind of pressure and that kind of stress and that kind of attention. So, um, uh, uh. That's why I'm a proponent of of, uh, of high school so, so much. I support club ball. This show goes on year-round. I, I, I uh, talk about the club teams and the club game as much as I can. We never go off the air, okay? Uh, but I think high school is a little bit more exciting until you leave the state competitions. The state competitions are pretty cool in the club level, okay? But uh, not like this. But anyhow, Nick Chetta's group uh, – uh, wound up winning nine to one. Okay, uh, so eight goals. You know how I feel about that. Now, Episcopal. I mean, Covenant Christian had to travel to Episcopal and Baton Rouge, and Episcopal four zero them. Now, uh, Calvary Baptist had to travel to Catholic New Iberia, the fourteen seed versus the three, and Catholic High New Iberia wound up winning. And uh, Ascension Episcopal had to travel to Pope John Paul. I saw that game. I was there for that game. My nephew played. Uh, I didn't interview him because uh, I, I didn't want to be a homer. But uh, but uh, I went to watch them play. Got to sit with my father-in-law and and my uh, my brother-in-law and his wife. It was a very very nice venue over there, Pope John Paul. And let me tell you, the, Coach Danny over there. They do. I told you last week. They did it right. They were young last year, like extremely young, basically a junior high team playing varsity. So this year they're basically uh, they're seasoned, but they're still young. They had freshmen starting, and they wound up winning four to one. And really, uh, from what I saw, that one was a gift. Uh, the, it could have been four nothing. All right, Sterlington got um, upset by the number 10 seed, uh, Dunham. Um, that's the 10 seed versus the 7. I was talking to Sean last night, Moser, and he agreed with me. That first round bye is a curse. It is hard to deal with. For the first 10 minutes, they had to deal with it. Um, I don't like it. I wish there was a way to get rid of it. I think 32 teams is a way to get rid of it. Give those lower teams a chance to taste the playoffs to give them an incentive to work out in the summer, give them an incentive to show up when the season starts and to not abandon the program during Christmas, which a lot of teams do. So uh, instead, Sterlington had to sit on that bye, and I bet you they were rusty. I don't know, Coach Keys, you're watching along with us. You'd have to let me know. But it's still a great, great, great season. And uh, and uh, it was a 5-3 to three game, so there must have been some crazy stuff going on, you know, really crazy stuff. Now, on the 218 game, uh, uh, y'all, um, that was a 9 1 also. Westminster wound up losing to Newman 9 1. So that set up, sets up three, two games on Monday and two games on Tuesday. Okay. So when we come on the air tomorrow, uh, Monday, next show, oh, God, thanks, Coach uh, Keys. They went to overtime. That figures. Okay. Uh, and uh, I've heard all, all the overtime games are like heart-wrenching this week. So uh, as if there's ever not a heart-wrenching overtime game. All right, good season, okay? Yeah, I agree. Uh, now, so Episcopal School of Acadiana is going to host St. Thomas Aquinas. And uh, um, that's going to be on Monday at 6 o'clock. 
Uh, North Lake Christian is going to uh, go to Episcopal, and that's going to be Tuesday at 6 p.m. And uh, North Lake, if they've never been to Episcopal, they're going to get a surprise. It's it's an interesting place to play. Very, very first cl first class, okay? Um, uh, if you're trying to build your own facilities, uh, they had it right from a long, long time, for a long time, okay? Uh, they're, they're a place to go look at. Now, the game I'd like to go to, um, if I'm not broadcasting for Crescent City um, Sports, which I think I'm going to be doing on Tuesday night, uh, but if I'm not broadcasting, I'd like to go see my nephew play at Catholic New Iberia and go visit my mama afterwards. But Catholic uh, is playing Pope John Paul II on Tuesday, the three versus the six seed. That's going to be at 6.30 um, Panther Stadium, if that's what they still call it, okay? Uh, right off of Admiral Dahl Drive, all right? And uh, and then on Monday, the 10 seed Dunham is going to be able to host uh, Isidore Newman. And I played at Dunham last year, that field, uh, it's very tight over there. I think uh, Newman, of course, is used to, to their stadium being a little compact, but it's compact in the in the in the in the realm of the fact that the stands are close to the field. Dunham is very compact in the fact that the field is tight, and if it rains, which we're thinking it's gonna um, during this week, it's going to be really hard footing over there. So, uh, so Newman, it's not it's not going to be a, 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 a an automatic out, okay? Not all right, so uh, really good game set up in division four. Now, in division three, all right, we have a game tomorrow, but it was set up by this. I want to commend DeRitter High School, uh, they wound up going to uh, Lake Charles and playing St. Louis, the one seed. DeRitter was a 16 seed, and they're familiar with each other. Who knows what the strategy was, but they kept the game close four to one. You know, I played St. Louis. I played DeRitter, and I'll tell you what, I think that's a really good result um, uh, for DeRitter. It looks like they got way better from Christmas uh, when we were able to play them and win 2 nothing, And uh, we only lost to St. Louis 1 nothing at that time. And uh, for this to be a 4-1 game, that means they're able to score on St. Louis. Let me tell you, St. Louis's defense is strong. <laughs> Coach Ortling does not tolerate goals, and I'm sure those boys paid heavily for that goal that they gave up. If I know Jason, like I think I know him, all right? Uh, now, North Vermilion, the nine seed, lost to Vanderbilt Catholic, the eight seed. All right, so the boys in Vanderbilt, they uh, they got the bye, and they were able to move forward after that bye. They had a slow start to their season, but now they're kicking, and they know how to win, okay? Um, now, Edie White hosted New Orleans Military, uh, I mean, Military and Maritime Academy. NOMA, we like to call it over here. And uh, Noma got a taste of traveling a far distance and wound up losing three nothing. But y'all, Noma's uh, team had a gr today. This was a very big success for them. They've been you know slowly building, slowly building, and there's a lot of energy here on the West Bank where I live for Noma. And I want to congratulate them on a great, great season. But more importantly, establishing a program. Uh, they're not going away. They might be stronger next year. All right, so congratulations there. By the way, De La Salle is going to be in Division Three. Looks like we're going to have to be playing y'all this year, and uh, so that would be kind of fun. All right, now uh, Pearl River uh, wound up having to travel up to the north to play Loyola, and they gave them all they can handle, but Loyola wound up winning one to zero. So uh, my hats off to Pearl River, the 13th seed. After beating Cecilia, uh, uh, they had to travel a good distance, and it's it's some coaches don't know how to deal with traveling with distance. You got to get the, the the guy's legs back under him. There's several ways to do that, but you can't just roll out the bus and play. There's just no way you can't do it and play well unless you have a superior team. And uh, it takes teams like that's where a 32 seed can learn that lesson, okay, uh, for the future so they can build their program. Uh, uh, if you're going to go play four hours away, you got to have it orchestrated, uh, organized. I know I know who's talking here, all right? I'm not the most organized person in the world, but when, when it comes to playoffs, you got to be. You got to be very organized, okay? And, uh, and you got to expect – Problems with the bus and problems with the food and problems with everything. And uh, so if you're a lot for all that, that gives the kids a chance to get all that blood from pooling. Let me tell you about jet lag. 
technically, uh, um, I'm hoping to bring my next group that we go to Europe to Rome. I've been I've taken five teams to Europe. Man, you want you want problems sitting down in a plane for 11 hours with the blood water and blood pooling at your feet. That's a little bit bigger of a problem than driving for five hours. All right, so I've been there, done that. It's hard to do. It's hard to deal with. Anyhow. I got ADD. I'm sorry I digressed. Let's go back to the scores. Uh, Turlings Catholic hosted Bozier and won four to nothing. Uh, Turlings Catholic is back. Uh, Parkview Baptist, a team that we tied this year at Dallas Island, wound up uh, beating Archbishop Hannon, uh, uh, and that was two to one. And uh, I tell you what, Archbishop Hannon's the fighting group because uh, they won. They won by one goal a week before against Morgan City. So. Uh, another good season by Archbishop Hannon. Um, next, uh, the seventh seed Lusher wound up having to play the tenth seed Holy Savior Menard. Menard had to go to Lusher, go uptown, and Drew Brees Field is it's got its own personality. I'll just put it that way. Uptown's uptown. You go play uh, at Lusher or at Newman. It's kind of surreal, especially if you're not from New Orleans. And uh, uh, Lusher was able to capitalize on that and went two to nothing. And a very, very good job, Lusher. Now, University Lab had to host, uh, that's the two seed, had to host Haynes Academy, the 15 seed. Lost to them this year and uh, never got a chance to play University, but I got, got a chance to watch them. And they're really fast. And Haynes is really strong, and that must have been a really good game. It was only one to nothing up there on LSU's campus. So Haynes, another good year. Haynes, one of those programs that trains throughout the summer, and their kids play club ball. And this is where it pays off. Um, they had a great season, and uh, uh, I know they look forward to next year already. So this is where this, this is how things all are set up. Tomorrow, Saint. This is a classic rematch. Okay, this is uh, this has been going on for thirty years. Now St. Louis has to take a turn and go to Homa and play Vanderbilt Catholic in Terrier Field. Um, it's a turf field now, so that no matter what the weather is, it's going to be good footing. But the crowd, <laughs> the crowd, you got to go there and play there to understand the crowd. One thing I'll hand it to you, all you Vanderbilt fans, you're classy. Okay, there's a difference between a loud crowd that's supporting their team and a loud crowd that's chewing out the other team or the referees. I can't stand that. And I can't stress enough for all of you who go to your games in the next few days. Cheer for your team, not against the other team, not against the referees, not against your coaches. Don't coach for your coaches. Cheer for your kids, okay? Uh, they can only hear a couple of voices, and if they're listening to the stands, they're listening to their coach. You know, I don't want a kid to disobey their parents, you know? But if I told my kid to go, I told a kid to go right, and their dad is yelling or their mom is screaming in, in, in the stands, go left, what's that kid supposed to do? Okay, so trust your coaches, please, especially at this level. You're at the quarterfinals, trust your coaches, Okay, we know what we're doing. Most of us, okay, most of us. Anyhow, that's my, another rant of mine. Um, I like I like to see a positive atmosphere. Anyway, that's what Vanderbilt is famous for, being being loud and positive. Um, now, uh, on Tuesday, Edie White's gonna have to travel to to go play Loyola up there in the north. Four or five hour drive from from home, probably more like five five and a half hours. So that's going to be a tough thing on a Tuesday, and uh, that's going to be at five p.m. to allow them to get home maybe for three. Okay, all right. So that is uh, uh, the Edie White story. Now Turnless Catholic is going to host Parkview Baptist. Now, I haven't seen Turlings Catholic play this year. I have played at Turlings Catholic in a playoff game. Uh, uh, Parkview um, has their own good venue, so they should be ready for any surprises they get over there in Lafayette. And uh, they better expect surprises because that stadium is a, is a great place to play. Okay? Now, um, and finally, Lusher Charter is going to have to travel to Baton Rouge and play University Lab. That's a seven versus two. That's going to be LSU's campus at 6 o'clock if you're in the Baton Rouge area, okay? So there you have it for Division Three. all right? Now, Division Two. okay, um, 
Uh, only one upset in Division Two, so the boys bracket things kind of work its way out. But it wasn't like it was working its way out eight to nothing. Okay, here's some examples. Live Oak traveled to go play at Holy Cross, which basically has just built their own stadium, and they're building upon it. It's it's going to be a million dollar facility when it's over, a very impressive facility, and uh, uh, and it's just getting started. And uh, but Live Oak is a strong, strong, strong team, and they proved it. Uh, look, Holy Cross is very good. Uh, I really believe everybody in Division Four playing for the right to play ESA. I really believe everybody in Division Two is playing for the right to play Holy Cross. And I don't know, Live Oak, uh, Coach Miller, you'll see. Uh, maybe you, that'll be the closest score anybody, score anybody gets to Holy Cross. We'll see. 3 nothing is impressive, especially after beating Helen Cox 1-0 the week before. So, um, Coach, that was a really good season, really tough team. Almost put one of my kids in the hospital. He'll never forget that day. I'll, uh, neither will I, okay? Uh, now, Benton, very well coached. Um, the 8-9 game, Benton and Terrebonne. Yes, Terrebonne. It's good to see Terrebonne is strong, and they keep getting better. Uh, I, always was, I always wondered, why would you have uh, an association show up in Thibodeau when you had home of Thibodeau and Raceland right down the road? I think this is showing that the kids that are not willing to drive to Raceland or drive to Homa, now they can have no more excuses and they can play club ball in Thibodeau and um, area. Of course, Terrebonne's Homa. I'm sorry, I got that wrong. But the Homa, Terrebonne, you got choices. If you don't like playing in Homa, you got 10 minutes to the right or 10 minutes to the left. And all that's starting to pay dividends with all these Bayou teams that, that aren't Vanderbilt Catholic. Okay, Vanderbilt Catholics always rolled uh, from the Bayou area, and uh, but now you have teams like Central Lafouche uh, coming back in the for, uh, in the, in the um, uh, forefront, and uh, Edie White and Ter now Terrebonne. Uh, those teams, uh, South Terrebonne, had a pretty good year this year too, if I'm not mistaken. So anyhow, congratulations to the Bayou region uh, for having another great year. Um, Cattle Magnet hosted Central Lafouche. Uh, those uh, uh, Trojans had to go uh, five hours or so. Um, Coach Blanchard's in the house with us. Hello, uh, Coach, and uh, great people in Raceland. My best friend lives in Raceland. And uh, they had the lead for a while, but then it wound up going to overtime. And uh, Caddo Magnet is a tough out. Uh, they, they have all the Division One players from that area, and, and they have a good tradition of winning. And that was a 12 versus a 5, but uh, the Trojans gave them all they could handle, and uh, they should go home with their he heads up. Uh, that's a tough track uh, to go all the way up there for five hours. Get your legs back under you and come up. And, and man, that's tough. That's tough. So good job. Good show, both teams. Um, and and uh, I think the score speaks for itself. Now, uh, Bo Shin hosted Destrahan, okay? Um, Bo Shin... Uh, is the four seed, Destrahan is the 13 seed. And y'all, Destrahan, I mean, I've been watching them for the last couple of years. Uh, they're not bad. And they proved it here by going to the four seed and giving them everything they can handle, only losing two to one. So uh, Bo Shen will advance, but not without getting a major scare from Destrahan, uh, who won their last the game the week before, five to nothing. So that proves that they're no fluke, you know? Now, uh, ben Franklin uh, wound up having to go to Lakeshore, and uh, after after uh, our war that we had a week ago or a couple of days ago, and uh, yeah, Lakeshore was ready for him. I'm sure Lakeshore was there watching our game, and uh, in, in our game, every weakness was exposed on both teams, and so um, Lakeshore's got a great team, both boys and girls, and they wound up beating Ben Franklin four to nothing. But Ben Franklin, like for a while, had a losing record, and then they turned it around. And let me tell you, when we played them in the playoffs, they were tough. And um, and and so my hat's off to them. Really, I think as the playoffs go on, that four nothing score is going to look pretty good. Okay, because Lakeshore is quality. All right. 
Now, East Jefferson and Washita Parish, you'd swear they were in the same district. This is the third year in the row Washita Parish has had to drive to Metairie to play uh, at East at Joe Yenny Stadium. And uh, but the same result. And uh, East Jefferson is a team that can upset Holy Cross. A lot of people feel um, they had a couple of speed bumps like our game, but for the most part, East Jefferson is is quality. They have some serious speed, size, and the ability to shoot really anywhere forty yards in, forty yards and in accurately with power. Okay, so um, yo, Washington Parish uh, lost five to nothing there, and I don't think that's a big embarrassment because you had to go five hours to go. Go there into uh, beautiful downtown Metairie, and uh, and then have to go all the way back. That's a tough trek on a week on a weeknight. Now, um, uh, Andrew Barnes is swan song at Woodlawn Baton Rouge. Good to see that uh, they wound up winning. Unfortunately for for us down here, it's like he beat uh, one of my district foes, our district uh, rivals. I like to call it district um, uh, teams. In common, uh, Riverdale had a very good year this year, and they only lost to Woodlawn two to one. I watched Woodlawn play when I went to go play Baton Rouge High, and uh, uh, Woodlawn is is very very good, and uh, it's good to see uh, Coach Barnes uh, going out in style. If, if the season ended today, it's a successful season. And then they're upset the game that everybody talked about in Division Two. Nobody saw this coming. Neville. I had to travel to Lafayette and play a very strong two seed, St. Thomas More. Um, it took they took everything out of us when we had to go play them at, at Jaguar Field or Jaguar Stadium. We only lost to them one to nothing, but man, they were a strong team for Division Two. And uh, Neville must have did their homework, or Neville's just got an excellent squad. Here's an example of a North Louisiana team coming down south and taking care of business two to one, and that was an overtime game. And a game that uh, if you go to LA Prep, uh, LAPrepSoccer.net, uh, you can read all about it. It was a pretty classic game. So, yo, that sets up three Tuesday games and one Monday game. On Tuesday, Holy Cross now gets the test. Okay, they got to go all the way up to Benton. And we talked about this a minute ago. Benton is well coached. Benton's had a great year. And Benton is far, far away from New Orleans. So uh, Holy Cross is going to have to prove that they could travel well. Uh, uh, I have no doubt that Stu and, um, and Matt over there, the two coaches, the director of coaching and the head coach over there at Holy Cross is going to be ready for the task. But I, I expect this to be a pretty, pretty uh, hard-fought game. Benton's going to give them everything. They have nothing to lose with a nine seed. And uh, Holy Cross, the defending state champions, they're just going to throw bodies out in that field, I'll bet you, the whole game long. So uh, if you're in North Louisiana at that time on Tuesday, that's Tuesday at 530, uh, go take a look and you'll get a treat, okay? And uh, i got some Holy Cross fans on the board, okay? Now next, uh, Bo Shin is going to host Caddo Magnet. That's going to be Monday at 6 o'clock, uh, and that's going to be at Beauchene. Uh For a straightforward team, going down to um, to the Lafayette region is no big deal. They do it all the time, so I don't think traveling is going to be as big a deal as playing uh, in, in the Gators' home field. So uh, that's going to be a game to watch. On Tuesday, uh, Lakeshore is going to travel. I mean, excuse me, East Jefferson is going to have to travel to Lakeshore. All right, and... Uh, East Jefferson's done some traveling. Coach Brednar uh, is is a seasoned coach, and uh, um, going to Lakeshore is not going to be foreign to him. I'm sure he scouted the game the other day uh, with Ben Franklin, and of course, you know Ben Franklin's one of our district opponents. Uh, uh, De La Salle, as you don't know, we're in the same district with East Jefferson, Riverdale, Helen Cox, and uh, and. Uh, um, and uh, Ben Franklin, I mean, to have five teams make the playoffs uh, is is remarkable, you know. Anyhow, uh, and we talk to each other, we root for each other when the season's over. So, so I'm pretty sure that uh, uh, East Jefferson's going to be ready for the Lakeshore Titans. Let's see what happens. And then on Tuesday, nobody saw this coming, but the seventh seed Woodlawn. Okay, Andrew's going to have to take his players to Neville, the 15th seed. And, yeah, I think Neville deserves it. Neville had to uh, beat Parkway. Then they had to travel to Lafayette to beat St. Thomas More. Yeah, that deserves a home game. So it's uh, 
it's going to be an interesting early week. Uh, of course, we'll probably try to have a show on Wednesday, uh, a special update uh, setting up for the semifinal matches and going over these quarterfinal matches. We'll let you know on Twitter and on, and on our Facebook page as to whether or not we're going to go on live on Wednesday. I would say 95% chance we are. Okay? And um, I won't tell you 100% until I'm 100% sure. All right. Let's go to Big Bad Division One. I. I spent... Um, what is it, upwards of 25 years coaching in Division One, And last night gave me that itch to go back. Don't get me wrong, Division Two and Three and Four, it's a totally different challenge. I'm going to tell you it's a harder challenge. I've never worked so hard in my life since I left Brother Martin. Um, but it's a different challenge, okay? Uh, it's something to see two teams going at each other with 14 quality players on the bench. Okay, uh, when you're in a Division Three school, a division, you might have 14 people total that are quality players, and then you fill up the bench with, with whatever you can find around the school. You know, you find a tennis player, say, hey, can you run and breathe? You got a uniform, okay? And uh, not so. I mean, I used to, Brother Martin, I used to cut 26 kids a year, okay, and still gave us too many kids. So in Division One, there's a lot of that going on. And so when a Division One team loses, it's really painful, all right, because because uh, of all that political um, atmosphere and those dynamics. So anyhow, you can watch this game on uh, on our website here, um, excuse me, Crescent City Sports, and uh, um, my producer's going to get mad at that. Anyhow, Crescent City Sports, uh, 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 Jude Young and I covered the game, uh, and the cold front came right through after the game was in hand. Um, St. Paul's uh, and Coach Moser beat uh, a familiar fro Mandeville, 16 seed, uh, Coach Ari, uh, who gave them everything they can handle, and uh, they lost 4 nothing. but... What wound up happening was uh, St. Paul's wound up getting a penalty kick off a ball that kind of rolled off the uh, arm of, of uh, one of the Mandeville players. And after that penalty kick, after a one nothing lead, y'all, in the playoffs, it's not like a one nothing lead in the regular season. It's just a lot of pressure on a team when they're down one nothing. Mandeville adjusted, but, man, you got St. Paul's on the other end. When you make an adjustment – a good team like St. Paul's can just pounce on top of it. And uh, there was another penalty kick, and then there was two loose balls that St. Paul's drilled in. Uh, still, I think Mandeville had a good season um, uh, nonetheless. And uh, they're, they're in arguably in Division One, the toughest district in the state. Okay? Um, remember when that used to be the Catholic League before uh, the hurricane? Uh, memories. Anyway, now... Uh, in the 8-24 game, yep, 24. Remember, Bonneville won against Bird. They traveled up there four and a half hours and upset Bird 2-1. to one. Bonneville's a strong team. But, y'all, let me tell you something. It's not, it's not just traveling, but it's also being the underdog. No matter how you tell a kid as a coach, don't look at the numbers, don't listen to the – don't drink the Kool-Aid like Coach Sean Payton says – they drink the Kool-Aid, okay? They're on the internet with social media. They know that they're 24 seed. So once you get, once you eclipse that kind of pressure, it's kind of hard to go into a game that's even harder the next couple of days and win. I think this would happen when Bonneville had to go to Baton Rouge and play on the campus of the Bears, and the Bears took them four to nothing. But still, um, uh, Coach, uh, I'm telling you, the, the – uh, the Bonneville Bruins made a statement this year that they should be really, really proud of, and uh, and I, and I hope that they're proud of themselves. Okay, now five twelve, Denham Springs hosted Captain Shreve uh, to beat uh, Captain Shreve five nothing. That's after Captain Shreve shocked Acadiana one to nothing. So Captain Shreve, good season, and uh, and uh, I hope that that you'll be strong for next year. Now a team that I think is pretty strong, Baton Rouge. Had to go to the pit, not the mosh pit, but the pit pit, okay, uh, in in uh, St. Amant. All right, and and uh, you want a tough place to play. Now, play there, won there, uh, but you walk out of there with your body aching from the stress and from the, uh, the tension. You want a home, t home field advantage. Those, those people over there uh, are – or, or as crazy as it gets. Let's put it that way when it comes to supporting their Gators. And that game was a war, um, uh, and uh, it ended up 5-2. to two. 
And uh, so, look, that tells me one thing. St. Amon is for real. Okay, I lost to Baton Rouge 3 to nothing, and I played them in a scrimmage, so I saw them get better, and I felt like they were like uh, um, an unsung hero that might make some serious noise when it, when it's all said and done, and they did. They had a good year, okay? Uh, but St. Amon moves on. It's no ordinary sports show. Candid conversation. We've got it all. Must have guests. Significant Louisiana sports figures. Serious knowledge. Post-game breakdowns, trivia, historical flashbacks, and my editorials. That'll make even the most diehard sports fans go wow. From the one guy who's always in the zone. It's what happens when you've been around Louisiana sports this long. The WGNO Sports Zone, Wednesdays at 10:15. Hello, this is Coach Alan DeRitter, and I want to invite all of you to take a closer look at De La Salle High School in New Orleans. De La Salle is a dynamic, inclusive community committed to academic excellence by evidence with our classrooms of the future, and of course, our commitment to athletics is second to none. Come take a look at DeLaSalleNola.com and schedule your spend a day today. That's DeLaSalleNola.com. You can advertise your business for as little as $50. Contact us to see our rates and get your business in front of the Gulf Coast soccer community. Follow us on Twitter at MNFUTBOL, as well as Facebook, or call us at 504-577-3131. 504-577-3131. Now, North Shore might be looking ahead too far, okay? North Shore, uh, they got their eyes set on the state finals. I know they do, but thank God they have uh, uh, Ryan Lazaro coaching them, and uh, that just that came in handy, I guess, because it was only a one nothing game with the Ascension. Now, the 14-seed East Ascension had a good season, okay? And, and uh, it was the power rankings that put them at 14. Uh, I wonder if the coaches would have seeded them if they would have been the 14th seed. But anyway, uh, one nothing win by North Shore. So they move on uh, to their ultimate goal. They really want, they're rooting for St. Paul's every night, I think, because they would like to play them in the finals. Of course, <laughs> as a coach, you want to play anybody in the finals, okay? But for them, it's a, you know, they're in the same district, you know? And they've been playing second fiddle to St. Paul's forever. So uh, 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 Division One is going to be interesting to watch. It's not a done deal. Now, the 11-6 turned out to be a doozy. Alexandria was in most people's top three. Uh, and they hosted the 11-seed Pineville. And, uh, of course, that's Crosstown Rivals. Okay? And uh, and if you live in the country, you know Crosstown Rival, like – you travel 10 minutes in New Orleans, it's, you're in New Orleans. You travel 10 minutes in the country, you're in another town, okay, another community, and, they, and they're, they're real well-knit. And so a Pineville-Alexandria game would be an example of that, of how um, uh, there'll be a war ensuing if they play for winner-take-all. And obviously that game went back and forth. Uh, Alexandria wound up winning the game 4-3. to three. So the 6B moves on. Now, my big surprise was I was looking forward to a Jesuit Lafayette rematch that I was going to clear my calendar to go watch after what happened in the regular season and after scouting Lafayette accidentally against St. Thomas More. Lafayette looked really, really strong, and I hadn't seen Dutchtown. I just heard of Dutchtown. They were the 10th seed, and Dutchtown wound up rolling into Lafayette Line Stadium and beating them three to you know, two to one. Okay, and that's not an easy thing to do. Lafayette's gritty, uh, and they have a tradition there. And uh, so that tells me Dutchtown's as good as they've been. They, uh, people have been t- saying that they were um, uh, for the most part. So it's going to be nice to watch them go on. And, of course, you know, you could go to L.A. Prep and watch the goal on on, on uh, slow motion if you want to. Uh, Jesuit winds up getting a loose ball in the box, and – I've watched this thing over and over and over again. People crying. Well, the Jesuit player, there was a Jesuit player offsides, which there was. 
Okay, but the referee's got to determine whether or not he infringed the play. I remember when Mandeville uh, wound up winning when Jesuit thought that they had an offsides player way back in 90, uh, I think it was 94, and uh, way back in the day. And um, But that game's still in, in uh and the lore of of the Jesuit um, and Mandeville mentality when Mandeville won state that year, and uh, here this that goal is going to probably go on for decades to uh, be replayed because it kind of it, it hit a brother Martin player, it looked like a Jesuit player was touching it, and so here's the deal: if the brother Martin player played it in when the play started, the goalie came out of the goal, and so a lot of people are learning soccer on LA Prep that. The goalie's got nothing to do with offsides. There has to be two defensive players, two, any two, between the person getting played the ball and the goal when the ball's played. Well, the goalie came out, so leaving one Brother Martin player there and a Jesuit player in the middle, but the ball was hit by a Brother Martin player coming in, which means that that player was still not offsides. That player would only been offsides if another Jesuit player would have touched the ball and then he would have touched it in or impeded the play. Okay, and uh, uh, the video is not the greatest. Uh, so it's not high definition like we have for the St. Paul's game for you on Crescent City Sports. So it's kind of blurry. And, hey, these things here aren't high def, okay? And they don't have slow motion. So I think the referees got it right. Hard-fought game. I think Brother Martin should be proud. Uh, they went from 3 nothing two weeks earlier to uh, Jesuit coming out and escaping with a one nothing win. I've coached many of those games before. Um, that's a tough, tough, tough game to coach in and to play in for both teams. So, uh, and look, I, I want to end the show back with what I think is a solution. If we would have had a seeding committee, not to seed 1 through 24, let the power rankings do that. But if you had a seeding committee, that would have seen this matchup. Mandeville, St. Paul's. Brother Martin Jesuit. I mean, what would have been wrong with throwing the Brother Martin team up to St. Paul since Brother Martin was 15 and throwing the 16 seed Mandeville down to Jesuit? Okay, uh, why not? And uh, I'd like to hear arguments why or why not in the thread below. Uh, and uh, and let's, let's, let's hash it out. I, I'm going to try to bring that up as a, a formal proposal and uh, and see, see what people think about it. But I uh, I think that uh, I think by accident we kind of found the the missing piece to what's wrong with this. Okay, and I think it's common sense. You can't let a computer dictate brackets. The NCAA, and when it comes to basketball and when it comes to football, will never let that happen. And maybe it's time for us to trust our executive board to see the teams right. I vote yes for that. Okay, uh, thanks for everybody who stayed with us. Uh, uh, I really uh, uh, love having you on board. Thank you to the 12,000 people who watched last week. I'm mean, kind of curious to see how many people watch this week and because uh, we like to really get this show uh, approved by Facebook as a major show, not just a show uh, uh, that's just out there in the wilderness. So please, again, like us, friend us, and share us, okay? And that way uh, we can get this thing accepted by uh, by Facebook. And I really love the audience that's been with us all the way tonight and all the support you showed me for the last seven years. And I'm, I promise you, we're going to get better, okay? Okay, we're going to get better than this. But right now I'm focused on the content, and, uh, and uh, we'll get the equipment and all the other stuff straight as time goes by. Could use a couple of sponsors. That could help. Anyhow, I wish you and your family the best. I wish God's blessings upon all of you. I'm not a priest, so I can't bless you, but uh, I wish you God's blessings. And remember, carpe diem in Christ. I'll see you all Monday night at 9 p.m. on Monday Night Football. If you missed this, you can watch it on Facebook Live, or you can hear the audio version on Crescent City Sports. Uh, that'll be posted tomorrow. Uh, take care, and, uh, and remember, play fair. Bye-bye.